going to ask if you could please remain standing for just a few more moments. If you're able, we're going to look at our scripture for this morning. It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. We'll look at verses 3 through 5 together. The word of God for the people of God. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning, to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Thus ends the reading of God's word. You may be seated. Well, good morning, everyone. Happy New Year to you all. Hopefully the year has gotten off to a great start for you. For me personally, I consider it a blessing to be able to see your faces this morning. If you're new with us this morning, a special welcome to you. We're grateful that you're here. My name is Rodney. I am the pastor here at our Matthews location. And today we are starting a brand new sermon series entitled Train Station. Train Station. But before we grow together, let's pray together. Our God and our Father, we're grateful for this space of grace, for this moment. We pause to apologize to you for where we may have missed it on yesterday or even this morning. We're grateful, God, that you woke us up with a fresh breath, new grace, new mercy. So we declare, Jesus, that you are the authority in this space. Move up and down these aisles. Move in and out of our hearts. Do whatever you got to do, but please get the glory in this place and in these people. We count it a privilege to sit at your feet and to learn of you. Speak, O oh Lord, your servant is listening. In Christ's name, God's children said amen, amen, and amen. Runaway trains. Runaway trains. On May 15th, 2001, just south of Toledo, Ohio, something unbelievable happened. A train, CSX 8888, this train pictured here, rolled away from a train station. Only no one was on board. This train was not only a runaway train, but it was carrying hazardous materials on board. This train went approximately 66 miles throughout Ohio, traveling at speeds of up to 51 miles an hour. This train became the inspiration for the 2010 movie, Unstoppable. Some of you may be familiar with that movie. When the event was all over, all the people were asking the same question. How in the world could this happen? How in the world could something like this happen? Well, the train's engineer, who had worked with the company some 35 years, had not once had an accident or an incident on a train. But on this day, May 15, 2001, he made one of the most terrible mistakes of his life. He left the controls of a running train. He hopped down off the train onto the tracks to take a look at something, and as he did, the train started rolling. And he couldn't stop it. All it took was one moment, one moment, one moment of distraction, one moment of isolation, one moment of carelessness. And in that one moment, that train 
was gone, became a runaway train. Think about this, if you would. This train, which is a powerful and amazingly productive machine when controlled, became an absolute weapon when uncontrolled. And so, our opening series here of 2023, Train Station, is a series about the power of your brain and pursuing the mind of Christ. And with that, our bottom line is your brain is a train station and every thought has a destination. Your brain, my brain, is a train station and every thought has a destination. I feel it appropriate right now at the top of the year to remind all of us that our brains are the most powerful engines in the world. Regardless of what you think, regardless of how you feel, your brain is the most powerful engine in the world. In fact, did you know that your brain generates more electrical impulses in one day than all of the world's cell phones combined? Did you know that our brains process upwards of 50,000 thoughts per day? That means right during this sermon, you're going to have a lot of thoughts, but I need you to lock in. Stay focused. So our brains are like busy train stations, and every thought has a specific destination. We know that thoughts have power, but I want to share a few interesting things to note about our minds from the American Medical Association. 75% of all mental, physical, and behavioral illnesses come from one's thoughts. According to a Harvard medical study, it's 98%. 75 to 90% of all primary care doctor visits are attributed to mental stress. This is why it's important for you and I to capture in our hearts Proverbs 23, 7 that says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It's important for us to remember that God gave each of us a beautiful mind. Gave each of us a beautiful mind. A powerful engine that when rightly focused can do unbelievable things for the kingdom of God. Conversely, when our brains are not focused on the truth. When the mind of Christ is not the dominant influencer of our thoughts. Our brains can become Runaway trains. A dangerous force sending uncontrolled thoughts, words, and actions in every direction. This is why who we hang around is important. This is why, why what we watch on television is important. Who we listen to is important because they influence what we think and the way we think. Let's talk about the power of a thought here for just a moment. You know this, but I want to remind you that when you sow a thought, you reap a what? A word. When you sow a word, you reap an action. When you sow an action, you reap a habit. When you sow a habit, you reap a lifestyle. And when you reap a lifestyle, guess what you reap? A destination. But it all began with what? A thought. It all began with a thought. In fact, everything in this room 
began as a thought in someone's mind. This stage, those chairs, these screens, all began as a thought in someone's mind. In fact, you and I began as a thought in the mind of God. Here's my point. God made our brains the most powerful machine, the most powerful processor in the world. Now, what we either don't know or what we take for granted is the fact that God has something to say about how our minds operate. God has something to say about that. God's truth is the key to getting our brains to operate correctly. God's truth. In fact, the apostle Paul writes to the church at Corinth multiple times, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he talks to them about wisdom and how to have wisdom to live by. I don't know about you, but I can use all the wisdom that I could get. He says this in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 16. It says, for who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. He's quoting Isaiah here when he says this, but I need to remind you that we are freely given by the Holy Spirit access to the thoughts of Christ. Freely given. Freely given wisdom and understanding on how it is that we are supposed to live. You know, Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. 37, Jesus said, love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, and all your what? Mind. The only way that you and I can love the Lord with all of our mind is through and by the mind of Christ. Because truly it is the mind of Christ that is able to direct our thoughts. I don't think it's a coincidence that, that, that God has us talking about this right now at the top of the year. Friends, God would not call us to do something he didn't give us the ability or access to the ability to accomplish. But I need to remind you that you are accountable even for the things you think. We're accountable for that. And every thought has a destination. Every thought has a destination. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 again. Here's what it says says, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Now, the first thing we need to understand is that Paul is not talking about the world here. Paul is not talking about the world. He is talking about worldly thinking among Christians. Worldly thinking among Christians. Now, when we go back to verses 3 and 4, we get some context that helps us not only understand verse 5, but it also helps us to apply it correctly. Let's take a look at verses 3 and 4 again. It says, we are human, but we do not wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. So the context here is war. The context of this statement is war, spiritual war, right? And when there is war, there are weapons. That's why Paul clarifies which weapons you and I need to be using. He said God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons. 
And when I read this, what jumped out to me is that maybe the reason many of us feel stuck and exhausted is because we've been trying to knock down ungodly strongholds with worldly weapons. Trying to fight a spiritual battle with worldly weapons. The good news for us is that we've been given everything that we need to overcome through King Jesus. We've been given everything we need. But watch this, what he says here as we go back to verse number five. He says, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. He, he used the word destroy. That word destroy means to demolish. It means to demolish. Catch this, not entertain, not give audience to, not even to tolerate. He says, we destroy we destroy. Catch that. Why is that important? Because thoughts and arguments keep people from knowing God. They keep people from knowing God. And guess what? When we entertain these thoughts in our own mind, they keep you and I from knowing God. They keep us desensitized to the things that God wants to show us to the ways in which he wants to demonstrate his love towards you and I. Oftentimes, this is why the blessings of God could be standing right in front of us, and we don't even see it. I like to mention Pilate all the time when I talk about this. Pilate asked the question, what is truth? And truth was standing right in front of him. And he didn't know that truth was standing right there. It could be that the answer to the thing that you've been praying for so long is right in front of you. Oftentimes, the blessing that we're looking for in other places, God has, God has given us what we need. He's given us the skills. He's given us the abilities. He's given us the community that can help us. But it's up to you and I, through and by the power of the Holy Spirit, to destroy proud obstacles. Then he says, we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. That's a loaded part right there. He says first that we capture. In other words, we don't just let rebellious thoughts roam freely. I believe that God is calling us to think about what we think about. Think about what we think about. We don't just let these thoughts roam freely. In other words, as one commentary put it, he said we are not helpless victims or mere recipients to our thoughts. We're not helpless victims. We're not just recipients of our thoughts. You and I can choose to stop our thoughts. We can choose to stop thoughts of fear, to stop thoughts of greed, to stop thoughts of anger and lust and bitterness with the word of God by the Holy Spirit. You and I can choose to do that. I don't know about you, but if some of us could wrap our minds around that, it'll change this year for us entirely. We can choose. We can choose. So he says we capture. Then he says we can teach our thoughts to obey Jesus. We can teach our thoughts. Who can teach our thoughts? We can teach our thoughts. That's what the scripture says. Let me say it another way. You can disciple your thoughts. My God in heaven. We can disciple our thoughts. No evil thought can withstand the power of the Holy Spirit. 
in the same way that every knee will eventually bow and every tongue will confess, so our thoughts could be brought into captivity, into the obedience of Christ. This is an important thing for you and I to think about as we start this brand new year. Because the truth of the matter is, we're lazy with our thought life. I said it. We are lazy with our, we just, we just allow thoughts to roam free. We entertain thoughts. And then we wonder why we find ourselves in the situations that we find ourselves in. Because it all started with what we thought. It all started with what we thought. Paul writes this in, in, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. He says, I pray that his glorious unlimited resources will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. This inner strength that Paul talks about, it includes the ability to destroy proud obstacles. It includes the ability to capture rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. What if as individuals we all made this our focus in 2023? What if we chose together to surrender our thoughts to the power of the Holy Spirit? We just, we just talked about when you, sow a, when you sow a thought, you reap a word, right? All the way down to a lifestyle. How would this change our lives if we began to do this this year? Not next year, but this year. I believe that God wants to change our lives this year. And this is part of how he wants to do it. Going back to our story in the beginning, the train engineer was dragged for hundreds of feet as he tried and tried over and over again to reboard the train and try to stop it. The truth of the matter is, family, that he couldn't do it alone. He couldn't do it alone. You know how they were able to stop the train? They got a more powerful train and ran it down and brought it back. This is what we do when we live by the mind of Christ. We acknowledge that we can't do this on our own. We can't love the Lord with all of our heart, our soul, and our mind on our own. And so maybe the, the application for some of us, some of us today is, is to invite God into our thought life. Invite him in. Here's the thing. God knows that it's nasty. God knows that it's ugly. God knows that we think things that we should not think. The challenge for us is not to stay there, but to invite him in to our thought life. Because the truth is, family, your brain is a train station. And every thought has a destination. Every thought has a destination. So what if, what if this year, you were intentional about loving the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind? What if? What if the mind of Christ became your mind? What if the mind of Christ became your train station? How would your life change? How would your family's life change? How would your school look differently? This is why we're going to be covering this over the next few weeks. Because if we can surrender this, if we can surrender this, 
This is arguably the ugliest place for, for everybody in this room, right here. If we can surrender this, if we can turn this over to God, we would experience this year God doing exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask, think, or even imagine. All because we chose to take God up on his word. I don't know about you, but I'm choosing to praise God now for what he's going to do as we submit our minds and our thoughts to the mind of Christ. Amen? That's my prayer for you. That's my hope. That if each of us are intentional about doing this, we'll see God move in some unbelievable ways. I'm believing for big things for myself this year. I'm believing for big things for you this year. And one of the things that I kept hearing over and over in my heart is I did my best to sit before the Lord at the beginning of this year is that this is where it starts. Right here. Submitting our minds to the mind of Christ. Family, what better way to renew our minds than to remember King Jesus. Communion is one of the ways that, that we're able to do that together. And so if you're a Christ follower in this room today, whether you call New City your home or not, we invite you to partake in communion with us here in just a few moments. And hey, if you're not a Christ follower in this room, maybe this is a good opportunity for you to think about what a next step in a relationship with God could look like. And any of, any of our team members would be more than happy to help you with that. And maybe you are a Christ follower here in this room today, but for whatever reason, you're not in the space where you want to partake, and I want you to know that's okay. You can still come forward. I ask that you simply cross your arms like this, and we'll say a quick blessing over you. But for those of you that would like to come, in just a few moments, I want you to know that we'll have stations in the front and in the back. And as you come forward, you'll just take a, a piece of bread, dip it in the juice, and you can partake as you head back to your seat. We also have the prepackaged elements up here for those of you that would prefer those as well. But the scripture says that the first thing we ought to do is we ought to examine ourselves so that we don't eat or drink unworthily. And so with that right now, I want to pause for us to do just that. I want to pause for us to have a moment of examination and reflection. Father, we're grateful for today. We're grateful that you saw fit to love us in this way, to give us this space of grace, God, to give us this day. So we acknowledge, God, that as we stand before you right now, that we are broken, 
but we're also blessed. And we ask God now that you would deal with us in our hearts, that you would remove any resentment, any bitterness, any ill will, God, that we might have towards our brother or our sister or any ill will, God, that we might have towards you. Any unforgiveness that we may even have towards ourselves, God, help us to exchange that for your peace, for your grace, for your love. So God, we surrender our hearts and our minds afresh to you in this moment. As we remember you, help us to remember that we are loved, that we are special in your eyes, and that we can do all things through you because you indeed strengthen us. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread. And after he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, take, eat. This is my body, which has been broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Scripture says, likewise, he took the cup. He said, this cup is a new covenant, covenant in my blood. He said, as often as you drink it, you do so in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do proclaim the Lord's death until he returns. Let's commune together. You may come at this time.
church, if you're able, would you please stand with us as we respond to today's message? Bring the wine. 
What a great time in God's presence today. Amen. Thank you all so much for being here. As always, I pray that you were both encouraged and challenged by something that God did in our space today. And as always, there are a few ways that you can respond to what God did. You can go to Connection Point. We'd love for you to stop by, say hello. Maybe God is nudging your heart and you need prayer for something this morning. We have prayer team members around this space. You can recognize them by the yellow lanyard that they have. They'd love to pray with you, stand in the gap with you, believe God with you. And as always, we can give in response to what God has done in our midst. You can give here in the campus or you can give at newcity.us slash give. And hey, if I haven't had an opportunity to meet you, I'd love to meet you. I'll be standing just outside of this room in the gallery space. I'd love to meet you, shake your hand. Thank you for being here. And we have groundwork happening today, 12 p.m. For those of you that maybe God is nudging you to be a group leader, we'd love for you to come, connect with us, learn more about what leading a group is like here at New City. Amen? Amen. Well, if you're able, won't you extend your hands? Receive this benediction as we depart today. Now may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and may he be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and may he give you peace. Have an amazing week, New City. Go in peace. <laughs>